Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 376 for Tuesday, the 2nd of December, 2014. So nice to see you. Hello. What have we got going on hey, tonight, Crystal? Uh, we have a ton of questions in yeah. the mailbox here, a lot. Sweet. We're going to crack into that mailbag. If you haven't got your questions in yet, email us live at category5.tv or join the chat room, Category 5 on Freenode. Over to the newsroom. Hi, Sasha Dermatis. Hi, Robbie Ferguson. Hi, Krista. Here's what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. Errors in Microsoft Windows that facilitate remote access and privilege escalation continue to surface. And those who patch these issues run the risk of breaking their systems. Sony has developed a watch made from e-paper as part of an initiative experiment using the material in fashion products. Graphene shows promise for bulletproof armor. And no doubt you remember Password Box from episodes 332 and 347. Well, they've been bought by Intel Security and the announcement was made yesterday. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. Introducing Belltone First, a revolutionary new hearing aid. So small you can hardly see it. So comfortable you can hardly feel it. For the first time ever, you can control hearing aids directly from your iPhone. Pick up the phone, listen to music, and use your hearing aids like wireless headphones. Hear everything that matters. Try Belltone First. For a free trial, call 1-800-BELLTONE now. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. That's cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. Thanks, Krista. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Krista Wells. Got your uh, questions in? Make sure you uh, email us live at category5.tv. Jump in that chat room as well. I want to remind you, we've got those limited edition Category 5 t-shirts and hoodies. They are available only for the next three hours if you want to get it in time for Christmas. Wouldn't you love to get one of those in your stocking? Or a loved one. Get it in a loved one? No, a loved loved one in your stocking. No, uh, for a loved one. Okay, I'm just clarifying. Your loved one would love to receive one. But if you go to uh, teespring.com slash category5, that's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G dot com slash category5, you'll be able to pick one up. Like I say, only three hours left to get them. Krista here designed our fantastic logo, as you know. So, you know, show her some love. Go grab some of those uh, those shirts. A lot of pressure on that. Yeah. Gotta, gotta tell you all about it. That's how you do it. Uh, we'll post the, uh, the link in the... Uh, Room there for you as well. 
patreon.com slash category five. Uh, thanks also to those who have been using our affiliate links uh, through the support us section of category5.tv. That's a way that you can do your Christmas shopping and uh, be supporting the show at the same time. Shopping at places like Amazon, uh, b Photo Video, uh, even eBay. You can shop there. You're going to go to Amazon.com anyways or whichever you use .co.uk, .ca. We're, we're on every Amazon. So uh, you just go through our website, category5.tv, and as you purchase through them, a portion of each purchase uh, goes to support Category 5 TV. So as the music winds down, we've got uh, we've got this thing to give away. I want to tell you all about it, but uh, we're going to improve the quality of your water using Vive Water Technology. We've got some of these pictures to give away this month, um, so stick around. We're going to tell you all about how you can pick up one of those. Uh, and I know that, uh, hey, uh, well, before we jump into it, because I know we've got a lot of questions, I want to go to m.cat5.tv. Saw some of your questions asking about how do you create mobile apps and sites and things like that. We're going to get into that tonight, uh, so stick around. But check out our mobile site, m.cat5.tv. So tonight is a viewer question extravaganza. It is. It's a fancy way of saying we have a lot of questions. A lot of questions. No time for anything else. No shenanigans. I guess we should, how you been? Um, I think I've been well. Yeah, hanging, uh, keeping your head okay. above water. Yeah, Christmas season is always crazy. crazy for uh, self-employed yes. individuals who, you know, everybody has their yeah. deadlines. It's like, okay, Christmas is coming. We know that then it is New Year, and all of a sudden it's 2015. Got to get her done now. I just realized this last-minute thing I need needs to be done. Just realized it. Oh, Krista, can you do but, that for me? Yes. That's got to get done. And she says yes. <laughs> See that? She's, yes. <laughs> it's got to happen. You got to say no. If I don't do it, someone <laughs> else will. And they'll do it that's true. not as well. Yeah, that's true too. Anyways. Well, should we jump into some yeah, questions and start so. tackling this mailbag? And uh, like I say, get yes. into the chat room. Um, if you don't seem to be getting our attention, because it is, it's a little bit challenging to keep up with the chat room uh, when it's fairly active during a live show. If you can't get through to us, double-click on one of our names. There's myself, Robbie F., The Krista, and Sasha D. over there in the newsroom. So if you want to chat with any of us uh, directly, uh, you can double-click on our name to be able to do that. Good stuff. Um, We had a question uh, just a couple minutes ago in the chat room. So why don't we tackle that one first? It was from Whiskey Zero. He just wants to get an update on the Internet Connection Project. Oh, okay, yeah. you know, if you go to my blog, baldnerd.com, uh, you'll find out a little bit more information about uh, how we want to bring Internet to Studio D. I'm going to go there now to help you see how to find that, baldnerd.com. Really easy to remember. Just look at my face. All right, so when we, <laughs> when we get there, how I plan to bring Internet service to Studio D tells us all about it. Uh, there are some really cool devices from Ubiquity. And these devices, if you've been watching my blog, you know these are basically little antennas, kind of like uh, what you would see, the, um, like the ExpressView satellite TV okay. kind of things. They're really small dishes. Mm-hmm. And you install this thing on the back, also made by Ubiquity, and, and uh, it goes on the roof of my house and then on the roof of the studio here, and we'll send right. the signal Connects to each so other, that I yeah. can piggyback off of our home internet connection. Tell you why we want to do that 
is because it's very, very expensive to do what we're doing right now, which mm -hmm. is using cellular internet service. We've got a tower right across the road, so our signal strength is, is surprisingly excellent. We get a very, very good signal here, um, so I'm thankful for that. Because uh, we need to raise the funds in order to be able to get those ubiquity devices. Uh, our cost is a little over $1,000, and then I've got to install it uh, myself to keep down the labor costs. Mm -hmm. And uh, some viewers have been wonderful to contribute. We've raised $400 so far, but we are a ways off from being able to, uh, to get that. Why does it really matter? Um, I'm quite satisfied with the uh, quality of the LTE internet. It's been working really, really well right. for us here. But it's very expensive. What happened just before the show, Sasha? As you were, as you were, your computer there, the teleprompter. Oh, that's right. It said that we, what did it say? That we had by, or exceeded our data limit. Yeah, yeah, gone over. So we, very. just before the show, actually got a notification from the ISP saying we've gone over our limit. Uh, click Let's here to see. pay more. And that's that's kind of how it goes. So and and we've got the bill this month, and it's twice as much as I would hope to pay for internet service. That's just how it works. So the reason that we want to get those ubiquity ubiquity devices is that I've already got internet at home. Mm -hmm. It's faster because it's not a business connection; it's a home connection, and right. it's really cheap to get fast home internet. Uh, and we know from Studio C that it was fairly reliable and it worked very well. Um, so we want to piggyback off of that to cut our expenses month to month. But there's that initial cost of having to buy the hardware and then set it up. Please contribute soon because soon we're going to have five feet of snow on the roof. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I think that's what it's going to boil down to, eh? Because it, I'm not going to be able to go up there. Oh, you can storms. go up there. Oh, no. We have like a... It's just a matter of how brave you are. What do you call it? It's like a steel roof. Oh, yeah. And it's a little bit slanted, just enough to let the water and the humans slide off. Oh, you know what you do? It. Yes. Just <laughs> if you lick the roof, lick your hand right to and then it. go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be fine. Quick, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> These are all good ideas we're throwing at you. <laughs> Thanks take, a lot. Take one. <laughs> okay. So that's where we're at. Good ideas. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you... Did that answer your question? <laughs> we ended it with just lick the, all right. just lick the roof. <laughs> I know a question that maybe doesn't require us thinking about Robbie's sudden death. Mm. It's uh, very high, <laughs> high building too. Yeah. Uh, here's a Multi question. Stories. I can't tell you who it's from. Okay. But it's a question. It's a secret. <laughs> if this is from you. I can't find it. I'm sorry. Yeah. You'll know. If it's you, here's your question. It doesn't say who it's from. I don't see one. Oh, PC tweaker. Oh, see, I'm not used to. I'm sitting over here. I don't have my Mac. glasses on. I have a Mac. So you're and used to I'm everything used, being upside down and I'm sideways? used to everything being nice and neat and clean and orderly. What are you saying? Boy, bam. It's so, an first email. First of all, I found it your says Roku at the top of the email. About, I'm sorry, I'm reading an email PC tweaker. question. There's a from question here. PC tweaker. Did you want to hear the it question? It says that on your screen. <laughs> Is this a question extravaganza or a Robbie? Krista I believe extravaganza. we need mediation here. <laughs> Sasha, okay. what do you think? I think that what you should be doing is doing feedback sandwiches. You say a positive thing about Robbie, and then the feedback, and then another positive thing about Robbie. Do I have to? I feel that sometimes when I sit next to you, a nice glow <laughs> hits my face and really I can't help it. brings out my cheekbones. 
especially the right one. It's it's pretty bright in here. <laughs> the head kind of is shiny. I'll give you that. Okay. That wasn't that. PC right. Tweaker. Okay. <sighs> question, question here, from PC, PC Tweaker. tweaker. All right. <laughs> <laughs> caused much controversy yeah. within the Category 5 studio, but here we go. First of all, he says, I found your Roku channel about six months ago, and I love the show. Nice. I know this might be outside the scope of the show, but I'm looking for some advice on developing a mobile app that will run on iOS or Android devices. I work for a public school with over 3,000 students. We have a dinosaur photo ID program that requires a significant amount of data and file manipulation to migrate the contents from the ID system to the student information system. I'd like to create an app that could be used not or to not only take student photos, but also give our security staff the ability to look up student info without having to do it from their desk. Says my greatest mm. concern is security that SIS uses or uses an Oracle 11 gig database, which I would like to perform direct lookups, but I don't want data to remain on the devices. Also, I would need to incorporate the ability to print, but only to specific printers. I know I've thrown out a lot out there, but I've never built a mobile app before, and I want to make sure that I at least start off on the right foot. Thank you for your time. Any advice you give me, it would be greatly appreciated. Okay. Interesting. Okay, so it's an interesting project. I'll, I should just proceed any answer that I give to advice that I would give about programming. To You need to understand where I'm at and where I've come from, and I was... Uh, a basic programmer as a kid, I grew up with GW Basic, Q Basic, um, and and uh, you know that whole kind of uh, trend in the basic language. Then when internet came out, um, I started working with HTML, Java, and uh, JavaScript. Started doing XML, then PHP. So my t- my uh, flow of how I've become a programmer. <clears throat> has largely r- revolved around uh, cloud infrastructures and and the ability to uh, create systems for uh, for web, and that's been that's been really neat because over the past several years eh, we've really seen a transition where the web has become what they started calling Web 2.0 a while back, mm-hmm. but it, it became where the internet is basically an application delivery system. We now call it, I guess, the cloud. Mm -hmm. Cloud Cloud-based systems such as, you know, you think about Google Calendar, Google Docs, um, to name a few that are fairly familiar, but even Microsoft Outlook now is a web app, really. So, you know, that's that's the transition that we've seen. So, So my programming skills, my programming experience stems from uh, an evolution toward web-driven platforms. So, when I think about building a system for uh, for a school, like you're explaining, sounds to me almost like a student management system, perhaps mm-hmm. something along those lines. I know I, I was working with a school um, in Barrie, and, and they're using uh, FileMaker to be able to manage all of their um, their students. And and it gets to the point where you know having an in-house server, having to maintain that server, and it gets rather large after several years. It becomes a little bit impractical. So we look at um, centralizing the database onto a cloud-based server, encrypting its data. So we're using um, st- strong cryptography in the database itself so that if somebody were to compromise the database, there's no way to actually read it. It's fully encrypted with strong crypt- cryptography. 
um, and then building a front end that is web-based. The nice thing about that is uh, you can create something that's what we call responsive design. So it'll work in a browser, it'll work on a tablet, and it'll work on a mobile phone. So you'll be able to create something that is uh, going to work cross-platform entirely. So if you're looking to create apps, so to speak, uh, people say apps as in uh, you know something that I would install from the App Store, from the Play mm -hmm. Store, uh, do they have to be built in you know whatever language that's uh, going to be compiled into that, or, or can it be something that is web-based, cloud-based? So can we just go back over just a brief bit of the question, what kind of things we're looking for with this system? Like uh, what he wants to be able to achieve? We've got 3,000 students, so it's a, it's a reasonable size mm -hmm. school, eh? Um, he wants to be able to take the photos, student photos, okay. but also give their security staff the ability to look up the student without having to do it from Bring the desk. Bring up the photo and everything. Mm -hmm. So do the photos need to be encrypted? That would be the question. I would expect so. So could they be simply stored unencrypted but behind an encrypted SS SSL certificate, for example? Um, so a couple considerations. So I would look personally at... Um, and again, this this is why I wanted to proceed my answer with, you know, here's here's where I'm at. This is how I program. I, I would look at building a web infrastructure, something that is portable, something that the students and teachers have access to from home, from school, that's protected um, by strong passwords. And sometimes that means not allowing the teachers to have control over their own password, which is tough. Uh, we'll talk, uh, Sasha is going to be talking a little bit about password box later on in the show and we've talked about them in the past maybe that's a way that you can supplement the system to be able to have uh, very strong passwords but uh, I would look at building something that is driven by um, HTML output HTML5 I mean uh, JavaScript and can then be compiled into um, apps that are available on your uh, on your phone that sound like what that's, this sounds fair enough, right? Let's, let's I think take, so. Let's take a look real briefly at uh, some of the options that we have. Uh, so one one that we could look at, now we've all heard of jQuery. Um, you've, you've most likely of heard course. of jQuery, right? Yes. I mean, everybody uses that as, as kind of a web. Back every, uh, there's a generalization for you. Everybody uses jQuery. It's like when somebody says everybody uses Windows. Sorry. Um, okay, so jQuery Mobile is a good one to look at to get started jQueryMobile.com, and when you're there you'll see this is a touch optimized web framework it's built for uh, to, to allow you to build web applications for mobile so I would get started with you know download it install it use it play around with the demos let's see if they've got some here's some demos here so this is now what you, what you're seeing here on your screen is basically what would have been rendered if I were here on a tablet because I'm on a computer. So it detects my resolution and it says, okay, you're on a larger screen. So it's laid it out kind of like a tablet would be. So when I click around, it's, it's larger buttons, larger screen. Now if I make my screen smaller, this is where responsive design comes in. So now it's going to detect, hey, actually, okay, now you're on a phone. And so it lays everything out in a phone-style layout. And it's automatically positioned everything in that way. Got to be honest, a little bit of a, an ugly demo, <laughs> i got to say. It is. It doesn't look like it was really thought out. 
completely well in regards skinnable. to... Yeah. It's skinnable. Uh, but these demos are, are so that you can see the, the basically the underlying workings of how you can build web-based applications using this framework, jQuery Mobile. It's pretty good. I like jQuery. Um, they do understand how to make things run fast, and, and it's a good library. And it's nice to have uh, a mobile uh, framework that is, is almost... It, it, is transferable from your web understanding of building with uh, with jQuery. The one that I tend to like better, though, uh, than jQuery Mobile, and I and I mentioned jQuery Mobile because it is a really good one to get started if you already know jQuery and some JavaScript, and you're working with uh, HTML, PHP, whatever whatever it is. But if you're used to jQuery, that's a good way to start. But then. There's one formerly known as uh, JQ Touch, but now it's called JQT. This is the one that uh, you'll you'll likely recognize some of the uh, the functionality of this one because this is what uh, our mobile website is based on, and their focus has been on a really really streamlined, very uh, you can see from the from the playback demo here. What JQT has done a little bit differently is they've made their platform their framework to operate very, very much like a native mobile app. The whole idea between JQT, pardon me, is not just functionality, but is appearance, is usability, and is the navigation, so that it, it makes more sense as an app for you to use this kind of a... Uh, they, this is what their perspective is. They're building something that makes more sense from a usability standpoint, so that it feels more like an app. Being able to add it to your home screen and have it create a button that makes it seem like an app, for example. So this one, um, you're going to find if you check out the demos, I'm sure they're here, preview. So this, now you'll see that this is not, the, their demo is not responsive. So it's just treating it like it's a phone anyways. So if, if no matter what size my screen is, it's going to treat it like that. But it does resize the buttons accordingly. So nice thing about this is it does support um, some things that JQ, uh, the jQuery mobile doesn't, such as you know proper um, transition effects. That are you know I'm doing this in a web browser, but the the fact is, is that these should work in most uh, current mobile um, devices. Themes, okay, so we can make it look more like iOS. That's cool. Is this Canadian, Robbie? JQT? I just, yeah, I just saw at one point the screen said pretty smooth, eh? Question mark, did you see that? <laughs> eh? So it just so automatically you just assume company. that because they said A, it's all of a sudden Canadian? Okay, let's see. We'll do a who is query on JQ, jqtjs.com. I just run a who is query, which tells us who owns the domain. And it is in Texas. Yeah, there you go. Although it's registered through GoDaddy, so that doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> it could have just been bought there. Let's see. I That's where the server somebody is. Somebody is Canadian in that company. Somebody, eh? Or they just think Canadians are pretty cool people. <laughs> <laughs> but there you have it. So this is a nice, nice demonstration um, that, to me, makes a little bit more sense as a user because you can go through here and and kind of get a feel for how your app is going to perform, how it's going to work. And then 
of course, what's the next step? Well, of course, you're going to download the framework and start playing around with it, but view the source. Take a look. Figure out how it works. And you'll see that it is... Um, it's all just HTML, JavaScript, jQuery. There's a bit of jQuery. And it uh, is really, really easy to manage if you're familiar with those languages. Um, so, And if you're not, then if this is the way you want to go, then I would start with learning um, HTML. Five. Sorry, I, I, I just uh, take <laughs> I take for granted that okay HTML five. I got to start saying HTML five. Yes. There's a difference. There don't was start a huge re- difference. Don't start learning HTML three. Just go straight to HTML five. It's pointless to start with the older stuff, um, even though it's very very similar in some regards. But once you've learned that and jQuery, JavaScript, those are the three things that you really need to make this happen. Then you can build a mobile web platform. So for you, for the school, stick it behind an SSL certificate. Make sure that it is uh, one that is uh, based on current standards because we know that uh, SSL v2, v3 are... uh, So you need to get a new cert and make sure that everything is good and encrypted, um, not exposed to things like the Poodle uh, exploit, things like that. Um, And then um, cryptographically um, encrypt your database for the information itself. We'd have to look at, if you need the images to be encrypted, we'd have to look at how you want to do that. That would be a little bit different. I'm not sure how I would probably go about that. There must be libraries out there to do it. I've never done image encryption mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, that would be considered sound. Uh, but um, so from there, where do you go? Okay, so uh, you can. Uh, there's a couple of things that you can do with this. You notice if you go to our mobile website, m.cat5.tv, what does it do? It loads our database. It loads information. And uh, so I'm actually, because it's PHP-driven and it's uh, ours is running on my server, and it is just a mobile site. I've never had the intention of releasing it under, um, you know, the app stores, mm-hmm. the various app stores, the Play Store. So I've never had the need to make it, entirely client side so to understand that my database queries and everything are happening server side mm-hmm. and are being uh, j- just created within the application in PHP and outputting to HTML that's all programmatic stuff now if you plan to release your app put it into the Play Store and things like that you need to make sure that you're not doing anything that is server side other than generating for example JSON responses that your uh, that your code could then read without having to have uh, direct server-side access. Because if you compile the application to use on phones, which can be done, I'm going to show you how that, uh, just real brief, how that can be done. It needs to be, you need to be able to install it on the phone, right? So there's a difference in, in just the way that you go about it. With ours, you add it to your home screen. It's a mobile website in all essences, so when you connect to it, it actually loads the website from my server. My server controls all the stuff that you see on your screen. What you may, that may work really, really well for the school, but for other reasons, uh, you may want to compile. In your case, this is probably not the case, but uh, you may want to compile it and make it an application that is actually installed on the phone as opposed to loading it through a web browser type interface. So if that's the case, it all has to happen on the phone and it has to make queries to the server and the server generates responses. That's why I bring up JSON. However, it can't actually run server-side code because it's installed on the phone. So how would you go about doing, uh, taking something like uh, JQT or jQuery mobile and, and actually uh, 
uh, compiling it, there's a tool uh, that is available for you. It's called PhoneGap, and there are tutorials out there. PhoneGap, I'm just going to quickly go to PhoneGap.com. There you go. Their website is self-explanatory. tells you a little bit about it. It allows you to easily create apps using web technologies you know and love. HTML, CSS. I should have mentioned CSS. You want to learn that as well. And JavaScript. PhoneGap is a compiler that allows you to add your applications uh, in such a way that they can make their way into the app stores. So then it becomes an app as opposed to just a mobile website. Can I ask a question about yeah. HTML and CSS and yes, you may. Is it like is it easy just to learn one like you, you know you might also want to learn CSS <coughs> also you know like Latin or well. French or <laughs> Spanish yeah. or a tonal language CSS um, <laughs> Well, well I learned how to do it so I don't know if so that's, that's an answer it's pretty right? easy or that I'm just a genius and or that can she's pick a genius. things up easy um <laughs> I don't know. I think from my point, because, well, I haven't known how to do it as long as you have. Um, I just kind of, I started in the design area and then decided that I need to learn how to code my own designs. Um, she didn't want to hire me anymore. I thought, <laughs> let's not get into that. All right. I thought, um, I didn't find it hard. I actually found it really easy to pick up on. But I think Why? that's also Why kind so of easy? how your mindset is too. Like if you're, you have um, kind of a problem-solving brain, then I think it's something really easy to pick up on. Um, if not, is maybe it, it's not for you. Was there something that that from your past or something that you already knew, for example, HTML, knowing HTML probably makes it a little bit easier to learn CSS or JavaScript. Oh, absolutely. I think what made HTML easy for me to figure out, though, was that I already have an understanding of how things need to be layered and um, and built just with the design perspective. So, so knowing your graphic that, design perspective I think gave so. you that ability? Yeah, knowing how things need to be laid out. Or when you, you do this code here and this code here, understanding how that's going to work together. Mm-hmm. Just because I already understand how the end product needs okay. to look. I don't, I don't know. Does that help? Yeah. Does that help? I think so. <laughs> Sasha, to, to understand, HTML is what your browser sees. It's the code that lays out the website that gives all the information about the page itself. Mm-hmm. So the text that is on the website that you're viewing, that's all HTML, most likely. And then CSS makes it pretty. That's the style sheet. Mm-hmm. So that creates the look of it. So if I want to change a color to put it into really basic right. context. Or your font or... Um, Borders. Yeah. <laughs> Drop shadows. It sounds kind of ridiculous, but um, it's usually your though. CSS style sheets are... Like well, thousands you think of about how important it is. You're fairly new to it, but mm-hmm. I've been doing this a long time, as you say. So we used to lay something out in Photoshop, add the drop shadow, and then yeah. have to create slices and get the drop shadow right. and use them as images. Yeah. Now we're using CSS to create box shadows right. and text shadows and, and being even, able to um, do those dynamic. rotating images and stuff like that. You can, you do, can that do, that do with stuff, that now. Yeah. yeah, fun stuff. And that's where jQuery, now, uh, jQuery JavaScript now comes in because it's a, it's a more advanced programming language. So it allows you to do fancier stuff. So now with jQuery or JavaScript, there jQuery is a JavaScript library. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm that's why I'm confused. They're they're kind of married to each other. Uh, being able to take that 
and now we can rotate things and we can make things move and we can mm-hmm. do things that used to take flash, for example, making slideshows and making fancy stuff. That's j- jQuery or JavaScript, mm-hmm. depending on which approach you want to take. So that all works together. Can I give you an analogy of how lost I really am? <laughs> well, you're out in Please, the woods. I am, you're I am in like the woods in, and it's freezing I'm cold. I'm in an art gallery right now thinking like... Red and yellow make what? <laughs> That's where I am with everything that you just said. <laughs> I think she's been outside too long. Yeah, she's getting cold. It's, it's really session. cold. I hope that that helped you. I also think everyone probably thinks we are the biggest nerds in the world talking about how image rotation and drop shadows is the fun stuff. So exciting. Box shadows made my year. Seriously, to be able to do a nice box card, your holiday card, border radius, Robbie's highlights of the year. Love these things. (laughs) Oh yeah, when was the last time I used a a graphic editor to make a graphical website? It's pretty rare these days. It's mostly done through code. I love that. Means recycling a lot of things and not having to reinvent the wheel every time. That's cool for me. But I know what time it is. Sasha, do you know what time it is? Yes, I do. It is (laughs) Tuesday, (laughs) December 2nd, 2014. And here are the stories we're covering this week. A bug in practically all versions of Microsoft Windows lets hackers take control of your system. And the patch Microsoft is providing is breaking systems. Sony is breaking the mold with a smartwatch that lasts for about 60 days on a single charge. Graphene shows promise for bulletproof armor. And Password Box has been bought by Intel Security. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Operation Christmas Child is one of the great stories. It's unfolding in our lifetime. We are only seeing just the beginning of this project. And these children will change the world. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category 5.tv newsroom. Early last month, there was a lot of press coverage about a massive flaw and emergency patch for Windows as ESET says it had detected a real-life exploit for a vulnerability that's been part of Windows for nearly two decades. The patch released by Microsoft, which affects nearly all of the company's major platforms, is rated critical and it is recommended that you install the patch immediately. However, the patches caused some servers to inexplicably hang and software to become unresponsive. So, patch or don't patch, you've potentially got a serious problem either way. Hmm. So, yeah, so that's a Windows thing, eh, Robbie? That's a Windows thing, yeah. yeah. First of all, <laughs> I realized how ginormous lifesavers really are when you stick them in your mouth when you're live on the air. You're trying not to crunch them. I'm trying not to crunch it. Obnoxious. Because it's huge in my mouth. Sasha, what do we say when the Windows updates come out on Patch Tuesday? Update your computer. (laughs) I say, 
not right now, delay, and then you just keep delaying and you never okay. update anything. Well, we, we say it's good practice, right? You get the security patches. It's a good idea. <laughs> Stop. It's a good idea to upgrade your computer and then this happens. It's bad to update your computer, evidently. And it breaks your computer. Yes. Bricks it even. It bricks it your bricks computer. It. Yeah, it was a good typo that I didn't actually read out. Right. Very nice. Okay, next story. <laughs> Sony has developed a watch made from e-paper as part of an initiative experiment using the materials in fashion products. The Fez watch has a minimalistic monochrome design but falls short of features offered by smartwatches. However, unlike other smartwatches, the battery of the e-paper watch could last far longer with an estimated 60 days of use on a single charge. The device has been described as retro and cool by gadget gadget expert Stuart Miles from Pocketlint. He says, One of my predictions for next year is that fashion is going to play a huge part in shaping the tech industry. Having a phone that's big and square is one thing, but if you're actually wearing things, they have to look good. And those watches look good. The watch face and straps have an e-paper display comparable to the technology used in e-book readers such as Amazon's Kindle. It's not a bad-looking watch, really. I think it looks pretty cool. I I think they look terrible. You think they look terrible? (laughs) And she's she's the bee's knees when it comes to... I think they look like, you know when you're a kid and those little snap bracelets that you could have? Yeah. They didn't actually look cool. They were just fun to do. Yeah. Right? I think those look terrible. 60 days, though. Yeah. This is just my one little opinion. Okay. I'm looking at the image. That's and, all. and I am kind of seeing, as you look closer, it's kind of weird. But it's the future, Krista. Future doesn't have to look terrible. <laughs> Would you wear one of these? <laughs> Sasha, would you wear one of these? I'm what just you... saying. I don't wear any jewelry at all because anything okay. I wear makes me look like a pirate. But I would I like the, I would buy that for somebody else. Like have it you... could be in Dave's stocking. Who knows? Have you been trying on a lot of like eye patches or something? <laughs> just whatever you do, don't buy it for Krista. That's all. Because <laughs> she just doesn't want it. It's so. just my opinion. That's all. You may like it and that's you know, it's kind of a neat idea. I just think that maybe you should go in a different look direction. Maybe a different look. It That's would all. make telling time kind of difficult by the looks of things. Because really? of how shiny it is. And something. Or if, like, you're outdoors <laughs> and there's sun outside. No. See, and that's where I need to interrupt because have you seen e paper? I have not. It's really neat. I was in uh, Chapters the other day doing some Christmas shopping, and and so you get to see the latest Kobo, and Mm -hmm. I wonder, you know, in light of Amazon, how does Kobo even sell books? It's crazy. But they're there, and the screen doesn't look like a screen. It's incredible. It's really cool. And it uh, it doesn't care if there's bright lights above your head. It doesn't doesn't reflect like this. It doesn't care if Krista doesn't like it. It just... But it looks really. It, no it would look like looking at paper, and it's moving, and it's telling the time, and that's pretty neat. Maybe I, I have admit to see the concept. The concept is cool. Okay, you just don't mm. like the. Design. I'm just saying I don't like the design of it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying the, the idea is okay. terrible. I'm saying that if you're calling this stylish, I don't agree. That's all. That's all. Not okay. stylish, but cool. Maybe you, you don't like e-paper, but maybe you'll like graphene. <laughs> 
The Wonder Material graphene could be used to make bulletproof armor. Can you make watches? In 2010, Manchester University researchers Andre Giam and Konstantin Novoselov shared the Nobel Prize in Physics for their discovery of graphene. Graphene consists of a single sheet of or a sheet of single atoms arranged in a honeycomb structure. It is thin, strong, flexible, and electrically conductive, and it has the potential to transform electronics as well as other technologies. U.S. researchers carried out miniature ballistic tests by firing tiny silica spheres at sheets of graphene. In Science Magazine, they report that atom-thick layers of this material can be stronger than steel when it comes to absorbing impacts. The mini ballistics test showed that graphene's extraordinarily, extraordinary strength, elasticity, and stiffness allowed it to absorb between 8 and 10 times the impact that steel can withstand. However, the way in which graphene sheets respond to the microbullet also resulted in a wider impact hole, which could potentially be a disadvantage for bulletproof armor. Yeah, I'll say that's a pretty big <laughs> disadvantage. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, it absorbs it and blasts. Now I, I I have to do this as you were talking about this, and as this picture is up on the screen, I was looking and I thought, wait a minute. Does anyone oh. else see it? It just goes to show that they thought of everything on Star Trek. Oh, I see what you're getting at. Oh, I thought it was yes. just a crazy moment. My bad. <laughs> Everybody's blankly staring at Robbie. Exactly. <laughs> Sasha goes like, "Do you see it?" <laughs> you see it, right? Encounter at Farpoint. Sure, someone. NCC seventeen oh one D. You need to Grid? stop. Q. John Delancey. All right, back to me, you Robbie. Just keep digging. All right. <laughs> Intel has bought Montreal-based startup Password Box, an identity management service which helps users securely manage their passwords. Congratulations, Password Box. Way to go. Intel announced the deal Monday but did not release financial terms. Password Box, which launched its product 18 months ago, has backing from Omer's. Its password app has been downloaded 14 million times worldwide. The app gives users a convenient way to log into all of their websites and applications from any device without having to remember or type passwords. Using one tap on mobile devices or one click in a browser, they get secure access to their favorite apps and sites. According to a report from Deloitte, 90% of users generated password of user generated passwords are vulnerable to hacking. Many of us are suffering from password fatigue, using the same password for multiple sites and frequently forgetting their passwords. So a password solution could be a powerful addition to Intel's security approach. Password Box has spent the last 2 years building a product that people love, trust, and use around the world every day, Daniel Robichon, CEO and co-founder of Password Box, said. We share Intel Security's vision of simple, secure access and identity protection across all platforms and devices. To learn all about Password Box from our perspective, check out Category 5 Technology TV's episode 332 and 347, I believe both of which I was on. Here's a happy little side note for you. All 48 Password Box employees will now become part of the Intel security. Plus, existing Password Box users now get a premium subscription for free. Yay! 
Nice. That is great news. Well, congratulations to Password Box. I love Password Box. I really do. They don't pay me to say that. I really love it. It's become basically my bookmarks for my browser because it, it remembers all my logins. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. So I've got one really, really strong, crazy, ridiculous password that I have to remember. And it's so much easier to remember that one password than a million passwords. So what does it force me to, what does it give me the ability to do? I'm able to create really crazy, strong, independent passwords for every site that I use. So when I go to Amazon, when I go to wherever, they are mm-hmm. very, very strong, independent passwords. So I'm very, very safe. If somebody somehow ever compromised my master password on Password Box by torturing me or some other crazy thing, because it's not written down anywhere, so how would they possibly get it? Uh, it's encrypted everywhere. So one, two, three, four. Yeah. Password one, two. Three, how did you four, know? <laughs> but if somebody ever got it, all I'd have to do is change that master password, and then boom, I'm still entirely protected. So it becomes like a bookmark. A, a hybrid bookmark system that remembers my logins. I love that. It's so easy to use. Very cool. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the Category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. You'll find us online at www.category5.tv. For the record, Dennis Kelly in the chat room. I get it, he says. I get it. Someone did. Q Continuum. Encounter at Farpoint. NCC 1701D. Picard. Riker. Right? We're all very happy. Someone. I'm excited. Dennis Kelly is. (laughs) Somebody's got to say. Wait, how many viewers do we have? Right now? I'm just, just... Ballpark it. Ballpark sixty grand. Yeah. 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 So one one understood you. One out of sixty thousand. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Please no. email us if you understood the reference to Star Trek: The Next Generation. Don't admit it. You're gonna get an email from. Um, I gotta I gotta slide up here so I can push you there. For the Nobel Prize winners, they're probably the ones that that developed the product and <laughs> discovered it. How dare and they, you call us plagiarists? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, I've got this really, I, I mean, everybody has has owned or owns a, uh, be it a Brita or a Something. water filter of some type. And everybody drinks water. You do, right? I don't want any kidney stones, so you need to drink loads of water. Save yourself the pain, but... What's the problem with a lot of those products? They are simply filters. Mm-hmm. They clean out a little bit of the junk, but they don't actually do anything to improve the quality of the water. Now, if you understand alkalinity at all, uh, even even a little bit, you know that your body requires certain um, certain things like electrolytes. As you're working out, as you're going about your day-to-day, you have to have electrolytes in your system. And so if you are dehydrated, for example, you'll get an electrolyte drink and you chug it back and you feel great. But it's loaded chock full of sugar. Yes. It's got just a whole bunch of garbage in it that is terrible for you. Along comes Vive, water from the future. So this is this is basically a, it's a water jug. I'm not going to open it because I'm going to send it to you, uh, but it's a water jug that balances the pH of the water and it does all of it. Basically, creates a sport drink out of water as far as the minerals and and the ability for it to uh, alkalize you to correct pH. 
uh, and to create a drink that is healthier than uh, even just regular water, uh, spring water. Uh, it's healthier, of course, than a sports drink, which is, you know, like I say, loaded with sugar and calories and all that kind of stuff, all the stuff that we don't need, right? So Vive comes along. Uh, check them out. It's vivewater.ca. We're going to be giving away a couple of these throughout the month. Um, so what I want you to do is pop us an email. It's uh, contest at category5.tv. All I need from you is your address so that if you win, I can ship it to you. Um, you have to go over to vivewater.ca. And what I want you to do when you're there, I'm going to bring it up on my screen. I'm not going to bring it up on yours. I want you to, there are bullet points on the home page. Uh, it says alkaline sports water pitcher. I want you to tell me what the third bullet point is uh, in that list. And you email that to contest at category5.tv. And uh, we're going to award a couple of these this month. So very cool stuff. Um, I, I drink alkalized water and now I'm drinking from a, a Vive pitcher myself. And it's it's better tasting water, but it's also just to know that it's alkalized and really good for you, pH balanced, and contains no calories or anything like that. It's great stuff. So I've got those to send out. Vivewater.ca. Sounds good. Hey, 20 years ago, did you ever think that you would be promoting water? I know, right? And we we thought bottled water back then was something out of sci-fi movies. Yeah. Like canned air. Who pays for that? Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, do we have some time for uh, another question? Yeah, we do. I All think right. So. Yeah. All right. Well, here's just one that was in the chat room here. Um, Rev D. Jank. I don't know if this was answered by anyone. I didn't see that was. So hey, let's shoot it out there. He says, I'm running Linux Mint 17, and my touchpad is very touchy. I have already adjusted the sensitivity to the lowest, but the slightest touch becomes a click. Is there a way to decrease the sensitivity? Um, I know he's also mentioned that it's not the touchpad, he thinks. It's something in the settings. Hmm. Well, keeping in mind that the touchpad is technically, according to your operating system, your mouse. Mm-hmm. Right. So the first thing that I would do, RevDJank, is plug in a USB mouse and see if it has the same sensitivity problem. If that's the case, then we know that your mouse sensitivity on the system itself in the software is set too high. Uh, on Mint, uh, I'm not uh, entirely sure. Usually it's going to be under um, System, Preferences, Mouse. And in there, now I'm on Point Linux, which is Debian-based. I'm going to just pull up mine here. So this is System, Preferences, Mouse. And you'll see that I've got pointer acceleration and sensitivity. Uh, acceleration is probably you know what you want to manipulate. But uh, give a couple of things a try. Um, check your accessibility se settings to see if anything is set up in accessibility that is, for some reason, um, causing you some problems. Uh, but change these settings and see if that helps all right but again plug in a usb mouse first and and that will determine then if it's your mice or if it's actually the trackpad if it's something that's maybe hardware or bios um, related also watch out that you um, with some of those if they're multi-touch or even if they're not multi-touch sometimes if you accidentally you know rest your wrist or um, if you're pushing with two fingers, touching with two fingers. But a lot of times what happens eh, is that you'll, you'll rest your wrist on it and be doing this, and you don't realize, but your palm is actually touching a very small yeah. portion of the touchpad. And so it causes a bit of this jerky back and forth 
between the bottom and the top of the touchpad. So uh, check that as well. Plugging in a mouse will determine that for your feet. So thanks for the question. All right. There's a question from Nick. Hey, Nick. Hey, just watched this on my Roku. I wanted to say how much I enjoyed it. Nice. Can't believe your co-host admitted she has a PC with Windows Vista on it. Who Shocking. did that? Who is that? Is that... <laughs> That's not you? me. Not Sasha. No? no, Sasha's running Linux. Who's? Which co-host is that? Was it Hillary? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It could have been. It could have been either. I don't Hillary know. A co-host just recently admitted that I they have a Mac. Yeah, well, that, why that would that be shocking. anything terrible? At least it's Unix. A d- Unix derive. Huh. Well, I'll give her that. Just saying. I deleted the uh, the information from my mind. Okay, sorry. It wasn't difficult. Carry That's on. old age, isn't it? Or was that? <laughs> I'm a goldfish, as you said. <laughs> ah, the question yes. is. Okay. He says, I am um, I'm an old school programmer who's lost touch a bit with the more modern languages. I am very adept, actually used to be, at BASIC, Pascal, and COBOL. I have some software I need to write, mainly non-graphical, okay. with a simple interface and using Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, GPS, APIs, and was wondering what language you would suggest given my prehistoric experience. Anyhow, thanks for the entertainment. Yeah, cheers. Uh, we're, we're happy to provide the show. I, I enjoy uh, hanging out with you every week. So I wish I knew a little bit more there about what it is that you are trying to program, uh, Nick. Um, the the purpose behind the application because that would help me to determine what approach I would take. So I, I don't, I'm afraid I don't know enough. I wonder if maybe some of the stuff that I talked about earlier might be along the lines, but it sounds like you're talking about something that's maybe terminal-based, um, in which case, you know, I don't know if you want to look at, I mean, bash isn't what you're looking for. Um, possibly... Um, yeah, I, I don't know how to touch that one. He's stumped. Because I, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. I like it when I understand the project a little bit better, so that I can kind of get a feel for. Okay, well, you want to do that? Here's how I would do it. But uh, and and as I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm pretty much coding for web exclusively, and I do some interesting things where I kind of marry um, PHP CLI with Bash and do some really cool stuff because PHP is a powerful language. Um, and because that's my background, I'm able to do some things um, server-side through Bash that is pretty excellent. I'm able to do anything that I need to do, but it's not ideal for distribution because you want to be able to compile something that people can just run on their computer without having something like PHP CLI installed. I'm going to leave that one also to the <laughs> chat room. And uh, chat room, if you have any... Uh, ideas uh, for what uh, what approach Nick should take. Uh, I'd welcome you to post them there. And Nick, we're going to uh, keep the chat logs up on our website, category5.tv, under episode number 376. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. I'm Chris Wells. I'm Sasha Dermatis. <laughs> hey, Sasha. It's cold out here, Robbie. I know. It looks freezing where you are. It's nice I and actually, warm where we are. I love this background. You like to that? To be honest. We just thought we'd go a little bit crazy. I Christmas-y. match the trees. Yeah. <laughs> if I kind of stand sideways, I have the brick pattern. I'm Almost. wondering, actually, Diamonds. Robbie, if you yes. could like come over to the green screen and see how you <laughs> see disappear. what happens if Robbie suddenly. 
Like I can move out of this spot and this? have you can move in. Okay. What would happen? Here I oh, am. you're showing you're showing the edge of your screen. Okay. Oh no, you come in. Oh, there we go. I'm a little bit translucent. Yeah, you can kind of just see the trees through you. You're a shadow. Hmm. I like it. Maybe like, I will start wearing. It's like green. you're the ghost of Look at this. Christmas past. Yeah. Oh well. All right, I'll get off your set. Go back to mine. It's warmer I feel, over here. Yeah, I feel more comfortable Indoors. over here. <laughs> it's, it's a little better. Can't see through through me quite as easily. Semi-transparent. That was about a what sixty percent alpha. <laughs> Is that something you'd have to program in CCS? CSS. CSS? It's close. <laughs> possibly, oh, <darn>. possibly. <laughs> and now you know why green shirts aren't allowed on the green screen. That's how it goes. All right, folks. Well, that's all the time that we have. Hey, eh? did we cover pretty much everything? Now we started a little bit late, so we could mm -hmm. field really a, a real quick question because um, we did get a little bit of a late start there because of a hiccup off the bat. For those of you who are watching live, you know. Those of you who are watching on demand had no idea until I just said that. Yeah. So we do but have now free you know. minutes. Hang our heads in shame. Do you have a quick question? Um, I have a question, and depending okay. on how brilliant you are or not. It oh, darn. Well. Put it that way. This is going to take forever. <laughs> is it from Josh? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, it's a question from Old Salt. Hey, Old Salt. It says, hi, Robbie. Do you have or do you know of any free point and click, drag, and drop website building software for Linux? Uh, if it comes with free or low-cost hosting as well, that would be a plus. Okay. Um, basically, just not looking to spend a whole lot. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, okay, so low-cost hosting. Let me tell you right off the bat, we have our deal with DreamHost. Cat5.tv slash DreamHost, just like it sounds. $70 gets you uh, carbon-neutral lamp hosting for one year. $70 for the whole year. Uh, gets you a free domain registration, so you get your own .com. Mm -hmm. Uh, you get un unlimited storage space for your website, 50 gigs of personal backup space if you want to use it. You don't have to. You get to host an unlimited number of domains on your account. You get unlimited email accounts and unlimited bandwidth. So it's a fantastic deal. That's cat5.tv slash dreamhost. But you have to use the coupon code cat5tv. So that's the cheapest, most amazing hosting that you're going to find uh, for the price. All right? Uh, as far as software goes, I've never been one to use what you see is what you get editors, Weisselwig editors, uh, but that would be a good search query. Think what you see is what you get. So go, in, go into Google, type uh, W-Y-S-I-W-Y-G. He's saying what the words on his head. Yeah. Weisselwig editor, Linux, free, do something like that. You're going to find things like Amea. You're going to find things like com uh, Composer, which is a dead project, but still... You know, for basic editing, you're you're probably going to do okay with that. Uh, most currently is Blue Griffin. That's one that is going to. Uh, it's got um, packages already ready for uh, Ubuntu, um, so that would be a good starting point as well. Um, you'll find those all um, just through a Google search. Blue Griffin again is the probably the one that I would start looking at. Uh, Blue and Griffin is G R I F F O N, and uh, see how that. Lands you. I think these days, though, I mean, even just deploying WordPress and yeah. then using the built-in Weisselwig editor in WordPress, they've done a really good job yes. with WordPress 4, uh, making it so that you can drag and drop things like videos and pictures and scale the pictures probably better than a lot of the... They have some incredible templates out now, too. That's true, too, yeah. yeah. 
and the the editor itself is just so simple for you. So watch back at some of our shows where you know Sasha and I installed WordPress and got it up and going, and maybe that's the way I would go. But get that hosting account from us, and that's going to be your best deal for hosting. Mm-hmm. And then you can download WordPress for free at WordPress.org is where you want to go, not .com, because that's the commercial stuff. Yes. So. Okay, so that's all the time that we have. I hope that that has helped you out. But uh, thanks for being here tonight. It's been another fun week. Next week, I am excited about this. You ready? We are going to be looking at a 3D printer that is affordable enough and small enough, form factor-wise, to fit under the Christmas tree and easy enough to use that even the kids will be able to print stuff. Even Krista could make a bobblehead doll of Robbie. Could you? I'm trying to say, could you please? Even Krista. Even Krista could do it, folks. Pretty advanced. We're going to be looking at this thing, and I'm, I'm excited about that because we're going to get a hands-on demonstration of 3D printing, so you don't want to miss that. That's the next In the meantime, have a wonderful week. I didn't mean that. I, I think you're awesome. My feelings are hurt. Okay. Sorry. Bye, guys. I have to go cry. Gosh. See ya. <laughs> Take care. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 